Welcome to the Self-Confidence Collective, a podcast that helps highly ambitious women learn how to build self-confidence and create a life that aligns with their goals. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Kelly, PhD, a career coach with 10 years of experience in the field of psychology. And if you're ready to feel inspired, empowered, and prepared to take on your next career goal, this podcast is going to help you build the self-confidence and trust you need to make that happen. It's time to learn how to get the most out of your life simply by changing the way you think about it. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Collective. Before we get into today's episode, I have something very exciting that I want to tell you. So if you're on the wait list, then you already know this, but the Self-Confidence Collective group coaching program launches today. So applications are open today through August 19th. So you can head to the link in the show notes and answer a few questions, submit your application, and then I'll be in contact with you within 24 hours with a link to pay, as well as some of the next steps between now and when the program begins on August 28th. I'm so excited. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, the Self-Confidence Collective is an eight-week group coaching program that I'm hosting that starts at the end of August, and it will change the way that you think about habit building and help you cultivate self-confidence that'll set you up for success in your career. So we focus on establishing healthy habits and teaching you how to do that in a way that you've never been taught how to do that before and changing your mindset so that you can build the self-confidence to finally go out and reach those career goals. So if you feel like the ways that you were taught how to build habits and the ways you were taught how to build self-confidence don't really ever work for you and you're ready to try a new way, then this is the program for you. If you're feeling confused or uninspired or stuck in your career, if you're sick of never following through on the promises that you make to yourself or the commitments you make for yourself, I can relate to that. It feels horrible. And if you're scared of feeling like a failure because you cannot quote unquote make it in your career or you believe that you should have made it by now, or if you're unsure about what your career path should even look like or what you want it to look like, and you're holding yourself back from making these decisions because you're so afraid of being wrong and you're struggling to form and stick to healthy habits that make you feel better and you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be and you're sick of that feeling, then this is the program for you. And so if you're ready to feel more self-confident, more self-trust, feel more fulfillment, to learn how to follow through on those habits and routines and commitments you make for yourself with less self-criticism and judgment in a way that you have never been taught how to do that before and find clarity surrounding what you want and why you want it and changing how you think, feel, and who you show up as and ultimately trusting yourself to make those big career decisions, which is probably one of the main reasons why you haven't made it yet. At the end of the day, this is a coaching program, so be prepared to be coached if you join. We're going to have live group coaching calls every single week and a private Facebook group where I will help you identify your thought patterns and how they might be affecting how you feel or how you show up. And I have all the wisdom around habit formation and creating doable routines for yourself. And this works to free up your mental space, right? Because when you're sticking to those habits and feeling great and feeling more confident, this will build up your confidence and trust in yourself, but it'll also give you the clarity and the space to see where the other areas of your life, including your career, might be out of alignment. This is exactly what happened to me when I quit drinking and started focusing on building healthy habits. I finally broke my habit of drinking on the weekends, feeling hungover, and my habit of stressing about my drinking during the week. So I had so much mental space to figure out 
what I really wanted out of my career, which isn't even something I had considered before. I had just kind of taken the next step and kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And then when I finally quit drinking, I finally had the clarity. I turned around and I was like, wait, I don't want any of this. This doesn't align with who I think I want to be. And so I had the space to create those changes in my life. And that's what you will find as well. If you join this program, you follow this protocol, if you get coached, and you hear how other women are going through the exact same thing as you are. Not only that, but if you are one of the first 10 women to join this program, you will also get two one-on-one coaching sessions with me and Voxer support five days a week. So Voxer is a free app that you can download on your smartphone, and we can send voice messages back and forth throughout the eight weeks so that you have access to my coaching five days a week for the two months. So the first coaching call will be at the beginning of the program, right when you join, and the second will be closer to the end, so you'll have Voxer coaching in between. And so if you're on the fence about joining, this should make it a no-brainer. You have access five days a week to my coaching in a Voxer container, as well as two one-on-one coaching calls if you're the first 10 women, one of the first 10 women to join the program. So make sure you head to the link in the show notes, submit the short application, and join the Self-Confidence Collective group coaching program. It truly is unlike anything else out there. And I've put my heart and my soul and my time and my energy and all of my expertise into this. And I cannot wait to meet the incredible women who are ready to level up their habits, their confidence, and their career. Let's get in to today's episode. I hope you enjoy, and I hope I see you in the Self-Confidence Collective group coaching program. So today we have a very special guest on the podcast. See, I told you guys I would be bringing on more guests. I have my wonderful business and life coach, Sarah Plowman, on the podcast today. Sarah is a life and business coach for coaches. She's created a multiple six-figure coaching business in the past two years through simple strategy, feeling her emotions, and managing her mind. And now she helps other online entrepreneurs like myself do the same. We talk about Sarah's career journey, how she got into life coaching and the life coaching space, and how she cultivated the confidence to go after her dreams. Sarah shares some of the common things that she sees her clients struggling with, and we just have a beautiful conversation about life and career and mindset and confidence and all those amazing things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Leave me a review if you do. And let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Collective. I have a very special guest here today, my own coach, Sarah Plowman. Hello. Hello, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me today. This is such an honor and very exciting to be with you and have this chat. I know. I'm so excited. I feel like the tables are turned because you're normally the one asking the questions and I'm asking the questions today. I have all the power today. (laughs) (laughs) I am so here for that. You are an incredible coach and question asker. So I'm like totally ready for this. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just dive into it. Why don't you just tell me a little bit about your career journey so far? That is kind of a loaded question for me because I feel like I've been on that journey my whole life. I did go to college Um, I was homeschooled K through 12, and then I went to college, but even through college, I did not know what I wanted to do as a career. And that question, I really feel like plagued me and kind of defined my adulthood. And I got into working in restaurants 
to help pay my way through college. So after I graduated, I decided to get deeper into hospitality. I thought maybe eventually I would own my own restaurant. And though I enjoyed that work, I knew that that was not what I wanted to do forever. And so I felt like back to that drawing board. I'm in my mid twenties, late twenties, like, what is it that I want to do with my life? And then in my late twenties, I fell in love and got married and got pregnant on my honeymoon and felt a lot of relief that I didn't have to answer that question anymore of like, what, what is my career path? What am I meant to do with my life? And I thought, oh, great. Maybe it's just being married and having babies and staying home with them. And so I felt that relief of not having to answer that question, but that was temporary. And then I had like, then I had a second child and I started asking the question again, what is it? And I, I love my children and I was very fulfilled by them, but I knew I wanted more. So the question that had kind of been put on the back burner was suddenly in the forefront of my mind. And when my youngest was three, I decided to, to leave that marriage for, for other reasons and kind of went on this journey of healing my relationship with myself. I was in my mid thirties at this point, really figuring out, okay, who is Sarah and what does she want? And instead of looking outward for that answer, I just really focused on loving myself where I was and stop looking for like a solution to the problem or answers out in the world and just focus on really like connecting with myself and accepting myself and accepting the story of my life from my career path or lack thereof to my divorce. And once I had done that work, the answer just revealed itself to me. And the answer was, you're meant to be a life coach. And, and it felt so obvious but also so beautiful the way it came to me. Like I had been searching and as soon as I, my whole life, and as soon as I let go of that search, the answer just like came to me. And it was because of the work that I did in, in my life. So that's the decision that I made. And I haven't looked back since. That is amazing. I feel like we have a lot of similarities on that journey, like trying to grapple with that question of how do I figure out what I meant to do? And that underlying ache that you know that there's something you're meant to do you just cannot figure it out and I love what you said about focusing inward and going on that healing journey I was wondering if you could maybe expand on that and maybe talk about like the practical things that you did because a lot of people hear that like just go inwards and look inside yourself and find the answers like what did that actually look like for you yeah. So that looked like hiring a coach for sure, because we are so emotionally connected to our own limiting beliefs or our old sense of self, our old identities. And it's hard to separate out the facts of your life from the fiction. And we all weave these, these fictional tales about our lives. And most of those stories are really negative. So for me, I discovered life coaching and I just like immediately was like, I need to have a life coach. This is this. I don't know why, but this is going to help me. And I had been in therapy for many years, which had been 
very helpful, especially post-divorce. Um, but I, there was this sense that I was done with therapy. And actually my therapist at the time left the practice. We'd been working together for a year and that's, she said, I'm, I'm leaving. Do you want me to set you up with the woman who's replacing me? And I thought, you know what? No, I'm done. I just felt this sense of completion. And it was literally within weeks of that happening that I discovered life coaching. And so the timing of it was just so beautiful. It was such a gift from the universe that showed me this is, this is your next step because coaching is really about who you want to be moving forward, building your future aspirational identity um, versus what I was doing in therapy, which was processing the past, processing my divorce, processing. Um, so yeah, it, that, that really started was working with someone professionally who would helped me understand what was going on in my own brain and choose how I wanted to show up moving forward. Yeah. And I love that you just kind of explained the difference between therapy and coaching. I think both are necessary in different situations. They both bring something different to the table and there's a time and a place I feel like to go through your past and why you do certain things and why you think certain ways. But sometimes when you're at that turning point, especially in your career, it can be so helpful to just be looking around and looking forward and not looking back. Absolutely. And I really wanted to learn how to be the own, my own authority in my life. I wanted to learn how to make bolder decisions and have my own back in those decisions. And that's what coaching really helps you do is trust yourself, make decisions and move forward. And as you said, you were kind of coming off the back of a divorce when you were, you know, starting your business. How was your confidence maybe affected at that point? <sighs> so yeah, the confidence definitely took a little bit of a nosedive during the divorce, but I knew that I wanted to intentionally write the narrative of my post-divorce self. And I could see that my brain wanted to continue on like a victim path and think that my life was ruined and the lives of my children were ruined and that we were financially ruined. And these were all thoughts my brain was offering me. And also like my ex-husband too, right? Like he was telling me all these things and they felt very true at the time. But what I'm really proud of Sarah back then is that I decided to not let that be my narrative. Like I let, even though it felt true and felt scary, I gave that back to him. And I said, those are his fears. And I'm not going to let his fears write this next chapter of my life. And that felt scary, right? To say, okay, I'm going to be the author of this next chapter and it can literally be whatever I want it to be. And that felt intense and overwhelming at times, but I was committed to writing it my way. And I think so many people forget that, that you can start something new whenever you want to start something new. Something that my clients often argue with me about is, well, how can I go off and do this if I've never done that before, if I don't have any experience, if my degree and my experience doesn't match up with what the job is offering or what the application says, like, how can I do that? How did you go out and do something that you've never done before? 
Oh, this is a, such a great question. <laughs> so I learned really early on when I started getting into life coaching that our thoughts are what create our results. And when I heard that, it didn't immediately felt feel true. It felt like it broke my brain, actually. It was such a, yeah, right? It was like such a different way. Um, I'd spent 30 some years thinking in a totally different way, but I was so intrigued and I was willing to say, what if that is true? What if that is true? So if I think I can create success in an area where I've never had success before, that's the result that I'll create simply by believing that's true. And I was like, all right, I'm going to decide to believe that, that if I think it, if I think I'm a life coach, then I am a life coach. If I think I can make a hundred thousand dollars as an entrepreneur, as a life coach, then that's what I'll create. And I just decided to believe that that was true. That is so powerful. And I do talk about that on the podcast. My listeners listeners will know. I talk about how our thoughts are what create our emotional experiences. And as humans, our actions are motivated by our emotions and our actions are what create our results. So all of this is connected exactly like what you just said. And it can be such a powerful thing to realize, but also a lot of people then end up blaming themselves and looking in the past and being like, well, then I created this and I created that. Did you have any of that during this journey? Yes, I did. Right. So like looking back to my divorce or any failures that I experienced in my business, yeah, you, you have to learn to take responsibility for the results in your life. And I think the reason more people don't do that is because they don't know how to do it without judgment and shame. So that was the next skill that I had to learn. Okay. If I am creating my results, sometimes I'm going to create results that I don't like, that don't feel good. And can I own that without judging myself or shaming myself or giving up then and, and, and pulling back or self-sabotaging? So, and that, that is continuously a work in progress. I would say from the last two years, since I discovered coaching, I've come such a long way and it's not work that you ever are done with, right? Because the human brain will constantly want to judge and shame you. That's just part of being human, but that's the next level is, is taking ownership and then not judging yourself for undesired results that you created intentionally or unintentionally. That's how you literally build confidence because confidence is your willingness to experience that negative emotion and not make it mean anything negative about you. And as you said, it's a process, like just because you're aware of how you build confidence now and you're aware that you can judge yourself for having those negative emotional experiences doesn't mean you just stop doing it. <laughs> no, not at all. So that's why I like to, to take my time in that phase and with my clients too. Like, let's just take time building the awareness. We want to get to the place and, and dropping the judgment. You want to get to this place where you can connect those dots and say, oh, of course, when I'm thinking this way, this is the result that I create. But learning to do that neutrally from this place of observation and 
once you do that, it's so much easier to change your results when you're not trying to change from punishing yourself, right? Or shaming yourself. It's so much easier to create lasting change and lasting your results when you're coming from a place of self-love and acceptance. That's so true. And just as you were saying that, I was just thinking and getting curious about, um, so you, do you just coach life coaches or is it business owners as well? Most of my clients, when I started off, I did not have a niche. I would coach anyone on anything. And I would say that's not who I, I market to other life coaches right now. Um, but I still coach on all, all the things yeah. <laughs> and almost all of my clients currently are online, some form of online coach. I have one client who is a Pilates instructor. So some of them have, but they're all service-based businesses or coaches. Yeah. And the reason I asked was, um, I'm just wondering, is there something like, is there a common thread you see among all of your clients with regards to confidence or like that willingness to experience negative emotion or a trend you see with them judging themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So my clients who are not willing to feel negative emotions are the ones who stay stuck. They spend all of their time and the things they come in maybe and get coached on or the, the results that they're creating in their business. Well, they're, they aren't creating results in their business, or at least not as quickly. They are spending their time resisting the feeling versus my clients who are willing to process the emotion, feel the negative emotion, and then reframe their thoughts and go out and take action and fail and feel the negative emotion and like keep repeating that cycle. And that's why I've created the success that I have because I'm like, bring it on. I will feel anything. I will feel any emotion in service of reaching my goal. And I'm, I have a lot of motivations, but I'm highly, I'm highly motivated by helping women to be the best versions of themselves. And I'm highly motivated by making money because I just think it's very fun. <laughs> like it really activates me to create cash. Um, and that's part of how I like stretch myself to li live a bigger life. And I always tell my clients, if you're not earning as much money as you want to, you don't have an under earning problem. You have an under feeling problem. So, and this is true for your, your clients as well. Like whatever more they want to create in their life, the way to do that is to feel more. Yeah, hundred percent. And I talk a lot on this podcast about feeling stuck in your career. Cause I think that that's some, that's something we all feel at some point. Like I felt it, you said you kind of felt it. And I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit about that. Like, why do you think we do get stuck in our careers? Why do we stay mm -hmm. stuck? Maybe ways that you can get out of feeling stuck. Yeah. I think the way to get out of stuck is honesty. Mm -hmm. I think that all of us know what we want, but we are afraid of admitting it to ourselves, even in our own, the privacy of our own head sometimes, right? Because it's, it's scary to say what you want and then not give it to yourself. It's also uncomfortable to say what you want and then have all the fear come up of what happens if I get it, what happens if I don't get it now that I've said it. So to be able to get to that point where you admit to yourself what it is you want takes radical honesty. So starting there, being really honest with yourself about 
what you want is the key to getting unstuck. And then again, observing what are all of the reasons I'm telling myself I can't have what I want. Yeah. And this is where a coach comes really handy, right? Because we tell ourselves, we, we make up all these obstacles that feel really true and immovable, right? We literally tell ourselves it's not available to me and there's nothing I can do about it. And we'll use excuses like money or time or just our own limiting beliefs and insecurities. And coaches can really help you see that those are all thoughts. The only thing that is getting in your way of getting what you want in your life is your thoughts. I heard an episode of a podcast once that the guest was speaking about that feeling of feeling stuck and how we view it in such a negative light because it is so uncomfortable. But there's so much, I think, to be learned about feeling stuck because the way that this guy in this podcast explained it just like blew my mind. He was like, if you feel stuck because it's like when you're putting a t-shirt over a toddler's head and it gets stuck because the toddler has outgrown the t-shirt and when you're feeling stuck, it's because your mindset, your wants have outgrown your current life. And what often happens is we know what we want as what you, which is what you just said. Like we get honest, we know what we want, but we're too afraid to go out and get it because of something we're believing that's stopping us. That's a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> Might have to borrow that one, but yeah, you're exactly right. We think we don't know what we want or we think it, what we want is not possible for us. And that's just never true. It's never true. Yeah. I always believe like, it's not a coincidence that you have a dream or that you have a desire to go after something. There's a reason why that's on your heart and why you want to go after that. And part of this journey is being willing to experience, as you said, the negative emotion that's necessary in order to make that happen. Yeah. I think a really good example is early on when I discovered coaching, I heard a coach say, what you want wants you back. And that blew my mind. And I found a picture of myself when I was maybe five and I was dressed up as a ballerina. And I like, remember, I can remember this day too. And I I think it was the first time that I was all dressed up in my ballerina outfit. I was dancing in front of the other parents, like an audience. I remember thinking that day, like, this is what I want. I want to be famous. And I didn't have a concept like a fame or I didn't have the word famous, but I had the concept of like people watching me, me performing them, me giving them an experience. And as I got older, that stayed with me. I want to be famous and I want to be really wealthy and I'm just meant to be. And as I got older, I started to question that because I didn't see a path forward for filling that. And I also started to judge that and think, oh, well, fame and fortune are actually very shallow pursuits. So you should want something more than that, right? There's more shame and judgment coming in. And when I heard this coach say that, what you want wants you back, I started playing around with what if fame and fortune wants me back? What if this is this desire was put in me from such a young age for a reason. And my job is to show up and honor it. And that really changed things for me and how I showed up in building my business. And just to everyone listening to this, that's a reminder, like what you desire right now, what you want right now, it wants you back. And there's a reason why you want it because you were meant to go out and get it. And what you were just saying there about money and wealth. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this. I feel like in the life coaching community, in the life coaching space, 
it's kind of a general assumption that more money is amazing. Every woman should be going out and getting more money. You deserve it. You deserve all the money you want. It's not a bad thing. People with money aren't bad. But yet I feel like a lot of society do still believe that, you know, people who have money are somehow negative. People, you know, with money use their power to do wrong. How did your money mindset shift throughout this journey? It really shifted as I just continued showing up and doing the work. And I did feel a lot of shame in the beginning. I felt a lot of shame about investing. And as I continued on in my business, my investments got larger and larger. And the place that I've come to is that money is just a neutral circumstance. And I get to think whatever I want to about money. And also if I want to welcome big money in, then I've also have to let big money out. So I just completely changed my relationship with my money, with debt and with what I make money mean about me. So the first time I created a hundred thousand dollars cash in my business, like I was really obsessed with what I would get to think of myself when I could call myself a six figure business owner. Like that felt really significant to me, especially because in my life in the restaurant business and in retail, I had never made more than $42,000 in a year. So I really thought of myself as like capped at that. Like I'm a 50 K per year earner and I always will be. And I desired to be more than that. So this milestone of hitting hundred K was so important when I got there, I felt a little deflated and let down. And I realized that it was because I thought that I would get to have a higher opinion of myself, mm. right? That I would get some kind of like external validation. And also my opinion of me would change. So I really did some more work around that time. Like the money and how much I create does not define me. It doesn't make me a better person. People who have more money than me or less money, they're not better or worse than me. And like really untangling this hierarchy I had about people with money. And it was uncomfortable work, but now being mostly on the other side of it has just freed me up to like have fun making money and making money is so fun. Yes. (laughs) But I know that like, I, I get to love myself and, and think whatever I want to about myself without the money. And that feels like freedom. Yeah. And I trust you because you've made a hundred K not once, but twice. (laughs) Yes. I made a hundred K twice in the past year and a half. And the second time I did it, was a fraction of the time of the first. And I think that's a testament to, to the growth that I went through in how I created it the first time. So even though I was more needy and graspy and like trying to prove something to myself and to the world, the first time I did it, I, that was how it was supposed to go down, right? It was meant to be that way so that I could learn how I wanted to do it the second time. And in showing up for myself in such a different way, the second time, no surprise. I also made it like so much easier and so much faster. Yeah. That's amazing. Inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that a lot of my clients and myself included, when we're on a career journey, it's very easy to get caught up into that rushed energy of like, I just want to be there. I just want to be making the money. I just want to reach the goal. I want to get the job, whatever it is. 
because they're expecting and I'm expecting sometimes for that to change the way that I'm feeling about myself or to get rid of some of the negative feelings that I'm having about myself. Could you speak a little bit about that and your own experience with goal setting and going after goals? Yes, that really resonates with me. And that is how I hustled through to make the first 100K in my business. And in looking back, I realized that I was missing the journey mentally. Like I was so laser focused on getting to the top of that mountain, that hundred K mountain that I did not enjoy the journey. And it sounds kind of cliche, right? Like we see these, these quotes about enjoying the journey as much as the destination on Pinterest and on the, you know, (laughs) but but it really is true. And I think it went, it, it required me going through that journey to like understand it for myself. I had to go through that experience to understand how I wanted to do it differently. And so now what I tell myself when I start to feel myself getting distracted by the destination, as I remind myself, like this moment is what it's all about. This moment is why you're doing this. And that helps me recenter myself. Like if I'm with my partner or with my kids and my mind is on my business and I feel the urge to like go work or go create, because I think that I'll feel better when I've made more success. I just say, no, the reason you're doing this in your one life that you have to live is to live this moment right now. So how do you want to feel in this moment? You don't need to wait until you've achieved that next goal to feel that way. You get to feel that way now. Yeah. And I think this is what I'm kind of cycling through on this journey that I'm on, which is my first year of business, like getting in a hurry to reach the goal, expecting the goal to make me feel better, and then reaching some of those goals and feeling very disappointed, which is, I think, how you said you felt when you did make 100K. You were like, it was kind of a disappointment because at the end of the day, a goal cannot change how you feel. It's how you think that changes how you feel. And it can get very easy. It can get very easy to get caught up into that cycle of believing that the goal is going to solve everything. And I know for me at the beginning of my journey, whenever I decided that I was going to become a coach, that I was going to start the podcast, that I was going to have a successful business, that I was going to make 100K, all of those things. When I decided that my life did not look anything like the way that I wanted it to. And I found it kind of hard to not be in that rushed energy trying to get the goal because a lot of people listening might be, you know, listening to this now and kind of realizing like, oh, maybe I will go after that side hustle that I want to go do, or maybe I will change careers or do that degree that I've always thought about doing or whatever it is. And once you start off on that journey, it's like your life doesn't look anything like the end result that you want. And so I'm wondering, how did you manage that in the beginning of your journey? I just told myself that if I couldn't enjoy my life now, I wouldn't be able to enjoy my life now in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because all we have is like the future is a concept in our minds, right? All we ever have control over is what we're thinking and doing in the present moment. So I really thought about this a lot. Like if in this moment, my life is not enough. That's the thought habit I will carry with me when I'm making a million dollars in a year. 
it won't be enough because there's always more to create. There's always more clients to sign, more cash to create, right? So I decided I don't want to continue building that habit of chasing the future moment. So let me practice even before I have the things that I want, like more money in my bank account, more a fully booked coaching practice. Let me practice thinking that what I have now is enough. And from that place of sufficiency, creating more. And this isn't work that you can that you'll ever be done with because you can't outrun your own human brain. So I still catch myself and my coach still catches me being like, oh, you're in a rush to like make a million dollars. And you think it's going to be better there than here. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's work that we, we do over a lifetime, but that, that phrase of telling myself this moment, how you feel in this moment is all that matters. And you have control over that helps recenter me. Yeah. That's such a good thought to have. Like we only have this moment right here. And when we get caught up trying to control the past or the future, we leave the present and we can't be grateful for what we do have. And that is something that you definitely need to cultivate. That's why I have some clients who are trying to decide if they want to leave their current job because they're not happy and they want to get a new job. And they're expecting that changing that job is going to solve how they feel. And something that I always encourage them to do is to learn how to love this job that you're currently in, or at least become neutral with this job that you're in to get into that pattern of habitually looking towards the positive, towards the good, towards the things you're grateful for, and not beating yourself up about feeling negative about certain parts. Because there's going to be positive and negatives, pros and cons with every job, with every new home. People think like, oh, I'll move house. It's a fresh start. I'll be a completely changed person. All of those things, right? But at the end of the day, it's, it is your, what you said in the beginning, like your thoughts that create your results. And you're going to keep creating those results over and over again, no matter what the actions are, no matter what you do, no matter what you change in your life physically, you're going to get the same result until you change the way that you're thinking about your life. A hundred percent. And I see this with my clients. Like I have clients who have made $0 in their coaching business. I have clients that have made a couple hundred and I have clients that have made literally thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And they all think it's not enough. So you start to really see, okay, it isn't about how much money they've made or not made. It's about what they think about their circumstance. And so the more you're, you see that, like you take these test samples, of, you know, in, in your life, see, okay, that's not about the circumstance. And maybe in, for your clients, like they have a job and maybe a company and they want to move on from it, but there are other people who love working for that company and love that job. And it's not because their job is different or the company is different. It's because they have different thoughts about it. And that isn't to say that we should stay in something that we don't necessarily want to. You get to change your mind at any point simply because you want to, but that's the distinction you're making. Make the change because you want to, not because you think that your life will be better when you get there. Yeah, because then you're just going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to be so disappointed. And then you're setting yourself up to constantly be chasing the next job or the next they right, whatever the next house, the next 
big, exciting thing in your life. You're setting yourself up to get on this roller coaster ride of constantly chasing what you think will make you feel better rather than the confidence of, I can be happy and accept that my life is 50 50, no matter what the circumstance around me. And that is empowering. Yeah. I think I really, this really came into perspective for me whenever I was coming towards the end of writing my thesis for my PhD last year, because that's when I was introduced to life coaching and all that good stuff, the life coach school podcast. And I realized that for so long, I was telling myself like my entire adult life that I wasn't good enough. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't get enough done. I wasn't further enough in my career. And it wasn't until I literally checked in with myself and looked around, like I was about to finish a PhD that was fully funded. I didn't have to pay for it. They paid me to do it at the age of 27 in under three years, which is unheard of during a pandemic. If this isn't enough... (laughs) what's enough (laughs) and we don't know what enough is like my clients will always be like well I didn't try hard enough or I didn't work hard enough on that and I would say I would ask them well do you know how much is enough for that and no one ever has an answer isn't that funny we have these manuals for ourselves or these rules but we never evaluate why we have those rules or if we want to keep them so yeah we say these things all the time like it's not enough I haven't done enough. And then when your coach or someone asks you, or you ask yourself, like, what is enough? You'll find often you don't have an answer. Or if you do, it's certainly not what you were unintentionally thinking. Because then when you like let, when you tap into your prefrontal cortex, right? And say, okay, what is enough? Oftentimes you'll be like, oh, I did do enough. Like, that is amazing. Look at how much I've accomplished, what I've created. Like, I've done enough. And then you get to explore why am I telling myself it's not enough? And where is that discomfort coming from? And, and am I willing to feel that discomfort as I'm telling myself, no, you're, you're enough. It can be really uncomfortable. I think the first time that I did that, where I was coming towards the end of my work day, writing my thesis, and I was telling myself, I didn't do enough today. And I just sat with it. And I was like, what if this is enough yes. right now? <laughs> Isn't that uncomfortable? And it was so hard. <laughs> I was it was so hard but the more you do it it, and people well clients will often say to me as well like so what do I do I just start telling myself it's enough (laughs) how do you respond to that this is where I encourage my clients to allow the discomfort and this is not something that we are taught or inherently good at we're really good at pushing away our feelings or reacting to them resisting them But I would say, yeah, literally sit on your bed, close your eyes, put your hands on your chest and just feel the physical discomfort of that emotion in your body, right? If it's disappointment, I just went through this um, in July, I had a goal, a cash goal that I wanted to create in my business of $50,000 and I didn't hit it. I created $33,000. So I didn't hit that goal. And by the way, poor you, <laughs> by the way, poor me. Right. But see, this is like smallest violin. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so funny, right? Sarah of two years ago was like, really? That's what we're going to be disappointed about. You had a $33,000 cash. Like <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> but But I think that's proof. It's so important to share this with your listeners to show you, like, as you start achieving bigger and bigger things, like you do become 
desensitized to them. That's just the nature of the human brain. So what a year ago would have felt like, are you kidding me? I just won the lottery now because I've gotten used to that. My brain's like, that's not enough. So really training your brain to like stay in that sufficiency and stay in that abundance and gratitude of honoring what it is you've created. But before you do that, you, you have to allow that emotion. So I felt disappointed that I didn't hit my goal. And I just did what I'm talking about, like sit and feel the disappointment and describe it to myself, a tightness in my chest, um, maybe a squeezing in my throat and just watch that emotion vibrate through your body. When you do that, you will find that it softens on its own. And as coaches, we then often go to like choosing a positive thought or rewriting that narrative. But before you do that, just sit with the emotion and you will find that it will, it kind of takes care of itself because what it wants is to just move through you. It doesn't want to be bottled up. It wants to move through you and that's it. And then you get to go manage your mind around it and decide what you want to think about yourself and your goals and what you want to create moving forward. And I'm wondering, did you celebrate that 33K month? Hell yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, so I definitely celebrated it, right? Because we have to, again, bring ourselves back to gratitude and awe and pride for ourselves in what we've created. And I like to, when I, when I don't hit goals, which by the way, goals are all arbitrary. They're all just like made up numbers. There's nothing significant about making 50 K in a month. It just sounded fun to me. But the reason I made 33 is because I was showing up. Like I believed 50 was possible. And that's really what I celebrate is look at how powerfully you showed up in pursuit of the goal and whether or not you accomplished the goal is actually beside the point. It's who you became and how you led yourself through pursuing that goal. Exactly. I think I was I was listening to something recently and they were saying like the goal is just the navigation that sets where you're going. Yeah. It's not the destination. Actually, I think I made that quote up, but it was the gist of the whatever the person you said. You should frame that. <laughs> I have this recording, so I'll go back and find it. Yes, say that. Um, it's so, that's so good. And it's so very true. Yeah. And the process that I teach on this podcast and that I teach in my group coaching program is a five-step process for building self-confidence. And it's exactly what you just said. You make a decision about who you want to be or the goal that you want to achieve or what you want to believe, because we get to decide what we believe. You follow through on that no matter what. So you for that whole month had it in your head. You were believing that and following through and taking action from that decision that you made. And as you said, step three in this process that I'm describing is to feel the discomfort first and really truly feel that authentic negative emotion that's coming from the default subconscious thinking that you're having. And before you manage your mindset, you want to lean into that exactly as you just said, and then go manage your mindset around that. What do you want to tell yourself about that? Do you want to think those things? And then celebrating the wins along the way. I mean, and do that and you're set. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. 
That's why you need to join my group coaching program so you can do this. Um, and speaking of my group coaching program, something that we are relying heavily on in there is habits and habits forming self-confidence. Could you speak a bit about any habits or rituals or routines that make you feel confident or that bring you self-confidence? Mm. I am maybe not the best example of this or what people would expect because a lot of the habits that I think I was taught early on, like journaling and getting up early, making your bed every day, like, um, I tend to like rebel against those kind of habits. So I think for me, I've had to decide what the habits are that work for me and let, let myself define what those habits are and that they aren't necessarily the habits that everyone else is recommending. So that I think is really important. Like find what works for you and give yourself permission to like, let that work. I used to guilt trip myself a lot that I was a coach that didn't journal, for example, and journaling is great. And every time I do it, I'm like, this is amazing. I should journal more often. But for me, the biggest habit is getting coached and, and going into, I hire coaches that, that offer like support in between the coaching sessions. So to me, coaching is the habit that has created the coaching and processing my emotions and managing my mind. So those are more like, I guess, getting coached as an action habit, but the other two feel like thought habits. And that's what I've really focused on because I know that to change my action habits, I have to change my thought habits. So that for me is what I have focused on. I get coached habitually. I always have a coach and I feel my emotions habitually and I manage my mind. Yes. I had not even thought of that. Those thought habits that you can implement are so important and our thoughts create our feelings, which motivate our actions. So if you're struggling to take action, it's time to question, how are you feeling? And do you really want to do this? And I can really relate to what you're saying, like kind of working against yourself, guilting yourself for not doing the quote unquote, you know, habits that everyone thinks are super healthy, but what's healthy for you might not be healthy for someone else. Yeah. I'm, I'm jotting this down too. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is good. I need to share this with my people. Like <laughs> instead of like, I'll give you an example of a thought habit that I've created. So instead of like developing a habit where I make my bed every day or get up at five every day, I have focused on thought habits. Like everything is working. That's, a, that's one that I started working on really early on in my business that felt like kind of true intellectually, didn't always feel true, but I have practiced it so habitually and made it part of my routine that now I believe it in my body, in my bones. So that thought is so much more likely to pop into my head. Now it's become automatic, which is what the point of habits are, right? Like we all brush our teeth before we go to bed. We don't really think about it. We don't really question if we're going to do it or not. It's a habit that we just do automatically. And you can do this with your thoughts. So in the beginning of my business, the thought things are not working, something has gone wrong was more likely to pop into my head, but I have changed that over the past two years. So now what's more likely to pop into my head is everything is working. This is not a problem. 
And then when you're thinking that way, when you're thinking that way, you also will take different action, right? So you can change your action habits as well when you have those kinds of thoughts that are generating the feeling of confidence, because like you said, our emotions are what fuel our actions. And I just want to thank you because I use those two thoughts all of the time. Now, you know, this is all working. None of this is a problem. And there might be people listening who are like, okay, so if you got into like a car crash or if you lost a bunch of money, isn't that a problem? How would you respond to that? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot because I think in the beginning there was a lot of fear, especially because my life felt like I have a pretty like good and safe life, right? Like not a lot of tragedy in my life. Although even that's a thought because I have had tragedy in my life, but the worst thing that's going to happen is an emotion. And yes, life is 50, 50. There are terrible things that happen in life, but I also have made peace with that. I've made peace with the fact that life is not supposed to be happy and feel good all of the time. And that When I am sad, even after a tragedy, nothing has gone wrong. There is just what I expected reality to be and then what reality actually was. And the distance between those two is disappointment. And I know how to feel disappointment because I know how to allow my emotions. So that is how I comfort myself and I move through life with self-confidence, like the worst thing that's going to happen is a tragedy is going to befall me in my life and I'm going to have emotions about it and it's going to hurt in my body. It's going to hurt in my heart. And I know how to feel hurt. Yeah. Like when we say nothing has gone wrong, we don't mean objectively that, you know, this is an ideal situation or that no, you know, nothing has gone quote unquote wrong, but it means that it is, your life is not supposed to be happy 100% of the time. There's supposed to be events and circumstances that alter your life in a way that change your path in a way. And that's not what has gone wrong. Like if it's happening, it's supposed to happen. And how we know that's supposed to happen is because it's happening. (laughs) We're getting very (laughs) Abraham here. We're getting very Abraham here and that, and that we aren't like that we're safe to experience negative emotions about the thing. I think death is a really good example. Like when somebody dies, which we all are going to die and everyone dies when they're supposed to die. We want to feel sadness. We want to feel grief. And when I say nothing has gone wrong, that somebody died, even like if they die unexpectedly or tragically young, right? I'm not saying, so don't be sad about it. I'm saying that this was always going to happen and this has happened and there's peace in the acceptance of that. And there's also peace in letting yourself feel the natural sadness and the natural grief that comes from a tragic event like that. So nothing has gone wrong that you are feeling sad, that you are feeling uncomfortable emotions. And most of us spend our lives thinking that feeling uncomfortable emotions means something has gone wrong. It's not, nothing has gone wrong that you're feeling sad right now. 
because it's a normal human emotion to feel. And I know we've kind of gone a bit off, off course there and we're coming towards the end of our time. So I just wanted to ask um, a couple more things. Do you have, you know, I'm sure there's someone listening who really wants to make moves on their career journey, but they're not feeling confident enough to go out and start doing that. Do you have any advice or any big mindset shifts or impactful thoughts yes that you think ready is a decision it's not a feeling and I think that we want to hold wait. on wait wait yeah can you say that again <laughs> ready is a decision it's not a feeling so a lot of us have something we want we have a goal and we find comfort in pushing that into the future when we think we will be more ready think about For those of us who think, oh, I'm going to start eating cleanly again after the holidays, I'm going to start on January 1st because I will feel more ready on January 1st. And you really believe it in the moment, right? And then there's some relief there. I don't have to deal with the discomfort of cleaning up my eating now, but I'll be ready in the future. And then what happens when January 1st comes? Usually it's either okay, you feel this resolve and, and you like are all in for a couple of days, but then you burn out by the end of January and you're back to old habits. Or you wake up on January 1st and you're like, ah, I don't feel any different. I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. So I would tell your listeners to not wait to feel ready, to just decide that they are ready. And when you decide you're ready and you take action from that decision, expect to feel scared expect like the women in your role right now who are about to jump into your group coaching program, they're going to decide to feel ready. And they might still feel a little bit like, oh my goodness, I'm investing in myself. I don't like they're, they're going to feel the discomfort and fear, but that is when magic and exponential growth happens. When you decide you're ready and you let yourself feel the fear, but do the thing anyway. 100% agree. So well explained. And I'm sure that there's someone listening right now who needed to hear that. Myself included. I am. Ready <laughs> is a decision, not a feeling. I think that's what I, the main takeaway yes. that I had from this today. And so I think just to finish off, why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you if they want to know more or if they want to work with you, get in your world, all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. I run my business through Instagram so they can find me there at sarahplowmancoaching.com. Nope, at sarahplowmancoaching. It's not a website. I actually don't have a website, which kind of freaks people out that I've built like a multiple six-figure business without a website. Um, But my whole thing is that I, we get to keep things very simple and easy and to start building relationships and making money and not letting things like, oh, I need to be set, have my business set up a certain way in order to start. No, we just go out and start taking bold, messy action. So they can find me on Instagram. Um, I'll also give you my email address. Maybe you can share that in the show notes. And if anyone wants to talk to me about starting their coaching business, 
they can simply send me a DM on Instagram and I offer free 60 minute consults. So we can have a beautiful conversation about their dreams, what they want to create over the next six months and into the future and how I can help them do that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So I will link all of that in the show notes. If anyone's interested in following Sarah, you definitely should. She pops on there all the time with amazing wisdom, just like you heard today. And um, I think that's all. So Thank you so much for coming on here and talking with me today. I know I'll probably ask you to come back. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm really excited for all of the women who are listening to your podcast and about to come into your group coaching program because they're about to really blow up the results in their lives. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed creating it, please subscribe and leave a review. Make sure you head to melissakellyphd.com forward slash self-confidence to download my free five-step formula for building self-confidence and to receive updates about the next cycle of my group coaching program, which is also called the Self-Confidence Collective. You can also work with me individually, so book a free consultation or join the waitlist for my three-month one-on-one career coaching program. All the links you need will be in the show notes. Have a beautiful day, my friend, and I'll talk to you next time.